The first reading today is from the book of James, the first chapter, verses 19 through 21. You must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, for your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Therefore, rid yourselves of all sordidness and rank growth of wickedness, and welcome with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your souls. Second reading is from Paul's letters to the Galatians, chapter 5, 25, through, verse, through chapter 6, verse 1. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, competing against one another, envying one another. My friends, if anyone is detected in a transgression, you who have received the Spirit should restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Take care that you yourselves are not tempted. Here ends the reading. Grace, that means I was on while I was singing that song. So hopefully that's on the recording. <laughs> All right. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our creator, from our Savior, Jesus the Christ, and from the Holy Spirit, the one who is present here in our midst and wherever we go. So I want to just start with something a little different today. All right. Bear with me. We're going to have a little audience participation. If you just take your right hand and you kind of place it on top of your head like this. And what you're going to do is just kind of give your neck a little stretch this way, like kind of move your right ear toward your right shoulder. Okay? And then go the other way on this side. Yeah, just stretch it out like that. And then if you just want to let your head hang low, and if you want to use your hand to give it a little, but don't push it. And you can kind of rock it back and forth just to kind of give it a little stretch. Feel good? Uh-huh. Feel relaxed? You can kind of like... Do this with your shoulders, too, to, to kind of um, loosen up a little bit. I have um, sometimes just like you come in with a little stiffness and soreness, and we don't always pause to just kind of give ourselves uh, a little time to slow down and relax. But I also have an ulterior motive with just asking you to kind of loosen your neck up a little bit. I want you to feel just a slightly more relaxed, maybe a little less stressed, when I introduce you to this topic for today, gentleness. Now, when I first uh, opened the book, and okay, this week is gentleness, and part of me was like any pastor, when you think of a sermon series, and you get almost to the end of it, and you're like, aren't we about done with this now? <laughs> Isn't gentleness kind of just like the rest of them? But then I started digging into what gentleness is, and there is a metaphor in the Old Testament that gets repeated um, many times, and it helps us to make a connection today to what is meant by gentleness. Now, the phrase that I'm thinking about, this metaphor that gets repeated often in the Old Testament, is this. God refers to the Israelites, God's beloved chosen people, as a stiff-necked people. Have you heard this before? Stiff-necked. A couple times in Exodus, uh, the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, how stiff-necked they are. Or the Lord says, I have found favor in, if I have found favor in your eyes, this is Moses, go with us. Although this is a stiff-necked people, forgive us our wickedness and our sin and take us as your own, our own inheritance. 
Deuteronomy, understand then that it is not because of your righteousness that the Lord your God has given you the good land to possess, for you are a stiff-necked people. <laughs> and then one more in Chronicles, do not now be stiff-necked as your ancestors were, but yield yourselves to the Lord. Come to the sanctuary which God has sanctified forever and serve the Lord your God. Now, is stiff-necked a compliment? <laughs> Not so much. Now, I've always read that as pretty metaphorical, that uh, these stiff-necked people, um, it's not literal, right? They are just, um, they're stubborn, they're kind of whiny, they're obstinate. But I'm, I'm kind of doing a second reading of this and a second look at what the phrase stiff-necked might actually mean, and I think there is some sort of literal truth to it. So I will tell you that the, the day before I graduated from college, I was riding my bike, I was on my way to a track meet, and I fell off my bike, and I went and did my whole track meet anyway. I was just like, oh, I'm good, I'm strong. The next day, I woke up, and I was washing my hair and getting ready, and I turned my neck the wrong way, and it, something just wasn't happy. And for the rest of that day and a couple weeks to follow, I could not move my neck. So if I wanted to look that way, I would go like this. <laughs> if I went, you know, like this. So this is my college graduation day. I had a very good posture that day, very, very upright. And um, my, my friends were kind of surprised at how emotional I was. And it may have been pain. <laughs> but I mean, it was emotional too. But here's what got me thinking about this. That when we have a stiff neck, we cannot bow low. Right? We cannot bow low. And what God is asking of the people, and not just the people in ancient Israel, but us, the people, is to be humble, meek, a willingness to bend low, lower than one's own self, to set aside our own pride or personal pursuit uh, or self-interest, and to do that bending low to honor God and to be the people of God together. Now, just if you cannot bend your neck, can you bend low? It's not so easy. So I think this is actually a pretty literal metaphor. If we are a stiff-necked people, it is simply impossible to be the people God created us to be. With a stiff neck, we cannot bow low. We cannot assume a position of humility to honor and worship our God. So when this phrase stiff-necked people is used, it is more than just about stubbornness. This is a refusal to bow down to the authority of God, to, to recognize the, the goodness of our neighbor. We find in the biblical stories and in our own stories too that um, danger arises on account of our stiff necks, our stubborn pride, and our desire to uh, secure our own future apart from God and neighbor. So gentleness, this fruit that we are considering today to uh, cultivate, is about humility. Rather than placing trust in our own selves and our own ability, God calls us as human beings in community, human beings that worship a God who is great to place our hope 
and our trust in God alone. Gentleness is about being humble as opposed to arrogant and proud. Gentleness is not just a nice relaxing moment or two, right? Ah, that felt good. A moment of zen. It's about character. Gentleness is to permeate our whole being. Gentleness is the strength of character that allows us to ground our relationships in something other than pride and power. You see, for us as human beings, both then and now, as well as every human that lived in between Israel, ancient Israel and today, the reason we become stiff-necked and unwilling to bend is because of pride and power and control. It is a human desire to secure and to protect our own self. Perhaps the difference can be felt and known most fully in our own bodies. I might ask you to kind of practice this again with your own muscles. If you just tighten yourself up, like scrunch your arms together, tighten your fists, pull your neck up, just hold that for a second, and then just let it go, right? We feel that moment of relaxation, that stress, the release. And this is the same difference for us between stiffening up with pride, with power, with uh, this need to grab control of something, to hold firm to what is ours. That's this, right? And then the letting go is who God calls us to be, loosening our hold, loosening our worries, our stresses, allowing God to have control and the spirit to rest upon us. Now that we know that when we are able to do this, it feels good. So the question becomes, why don't we do it more often? How do we cultivate that spirit of gentleness, not just in those moments when we are very consciously aware of it, but how do we make it a part of our character so it's who we are and how we move about the world, how we step in and lead and motivate and summon courage and grit and nurture children and grow in faith and fight for what is right and endure pain and setbacks and failures. Why, how can this become the way that we balance our stress and schedules and just our way of being human? We can't just sort of marinate in that moment of release all day long. We have to remember that the strength of character required to ground one's relationships in something other than pride and power is what will bring us to this place of humility and gentleness. So as you might imagine, I have just three ideas for how we might start to, to cultivate that in our lives. And the first is going back to that very first fruit of the Spirit, which is love. And most importantly, that other-directed kind of love. We are to practice the kind of love that sees and uplifts the good in others, that assumes positive intentions from our neighbors, that sees injustice in our world and seeks to name it and make it right. We are called to live with lo the love that we are told about in 1 Corinthians 13. You remember that, right? Love that is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. That kind of love just 
scrunches you up. We are called to love in this way that lets go and lets us react to others. And this is like a hundred different acts of kindness, small things of service and kindness throughout our day. And this is, as we have been saying throughout this series, the character of God that shows us how to be and move in this way. So the second, first thing is love. Second thing is prayer. And more than that, uh, the, the trust that prayer can actually transform our lives. Now, I think we often think about prayer as doing something to change God, right? I'm going to pray and God will change God's mind or God will come and change this situation. But I want to think about prayer in this spirit of gentleness and humility about this way of being in relationship with God in such a way that I am changed. That, that praying for my neighbor changes my relationship with them. That praying for an enemy, as Jesus calls us to, softens my heart, opens me up in a new way. Prayer is not just a vending machine that we put in what we want and we get out from God what we think we should deserve. Prayer is entering into a relationship with God that changes us, that makes us new, and enters us into a profound sense of humility. You know, this is why Christians uh, for, for years and years have bowed down to pray, right? Because we bend our necks, we bow our bodies low before God. So love, prayer, and then this maybe hardest one, this willingness to yield. I mean, we do experience conflict over and over again. There's no one of us that will avoid it. What marks a Christian as bearing the fruit of the spirit of gentleness is not that a Christian never finds themselves in conflict, but that a Christian is able to negotiate the conflict differently. We will experience uh, disagreements. We will experience hardships with others about things that really matter in our lives. I mean, right now, almost no one I talk to doesn't have a difference of opinion with somebody they love around politics or COVID or something that really matters to them. So I wonder what would happen if we entered those in a different way, in this willingness to yield, to say, maybe I'm not always right. Maybe there are times when I could learn and grow and do things differently. You see, we need to listen really carefully to see the good in the other person, to yield to the possibility that I might be wrong. I hate those words. <laughs> when we find ourselves in these such disagreements with others, we need not like push our own point and yell louder and be more combative. Nobody's mind was ever changed because someone yelled at them the facts. It's changed through relationships and care and a willingness to listen and see and to know. This is difficult work, because sometimes it is easier to yell or type off a comment from behind your computer screen. But listening and yielding and admitting that one could be wrong is the work of gentleness. This is moving our necks in a way of humility. So let us, as a community of faith, work together to cultivate this 
spirit of gentleness, even in the midst of this world of ours that can be so violent and arrogant and competitive and unforgiving. What the world needs now, more than ever, I believe, is a group of people who say we want to show a different way to be together, a way of being gentle and humble and loving. We are able to do this, to grow and to live in this way only because we follow a faithful God who deeply loved and would not abandon those stiff-necked people. It's a remarkable gift that we have been given in our God's unconditional love for us. We often just stand upright and proud and stiff in our beliefs, and God continues to love us. We try and we fail more often than we'd like to admit, and God says, you're forgiven, you're forgiven. keep going. We throw out a jab or a careless comment, and this God of ours says, you're stiff-necked and proud, but I love you and I trust that you can do better. God does not ever give up on us. God reminds us over and over and over again that life is better when we are grounded. And yes, grounded, right? Brought low. Humble before the God of all. To this we will say, thanks be to God. Amen.